0: What's going on, everybody? Wesley Shoemaker, Aaron Parker, back with you today on another episode of the Blue Gold Sports Podcast. It is officially Virginia Tech week. We are a day and a half away from the Mountaineers kicking it off in Blacksburg against the Hokies. Uh, So today we'll just be previewing the game, giving you a couple predictions for this weekend and going from there. Aaron, happy Wednesday. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good. I'm excited to get to Blacksburg and uh, see Lane Stadium.
0: Yeah, uh, should be jumping for sure tomorrow night. Um, They've had good crowds in their first couple of home games this year, and they've been against Wofford and Boston College. We'll get into that a little bit later. First things first, though, uh, just kind of debriefing. We obviously had a podcast on Saturday for West Virginia's blowout win over Towson. Uh big biggest takeaway for me when that from that game is just how the defense hopefully gain some confidence. They defense threw a shutout in the sense that the seven points scored were on special teams, not against the defense. And hopefully got some of those young guys, especially those young corners, Andrew Wilson Lamb, Jacoby Spells, other young guys in that secondary, some work. And hopefully that helps translate over to Thursday night. Virginia Tech, in my opinion, is a lot more like Pitt than they are like Kansas in the sense that they're kind of predictable. Pitt wanted to run the ball. They ran the ball almost 40 times against West Virginia three weeks ago. And Virginia Tech's going to want to run the ball too. That's their identity. That's also Pitt's identity. And so I feel like with a more predictable quarterback like Grant Wells, which he does have some sneaky athleticism. Again, we'll get into him later. Um, I just think that hopefully this defense gained some confidence. So that's one my one big takeaway from this weekend heading into Tech Week.
1: I agree with you. the uh, The defense should get some confidence against a, an opponent like Townsend. And I agree with what you said about um, how Virginia Tech is more like Pitt in a sense compared to Townsend and Kansas. Kansas has you know Jalen Daniels. Um, he's a very unpredictable player. Is he going to pitch it? Is he going to keep it? Is he going to throw it? Kind of thing. Although in the WV game, it seems like a lot of their touchdowns were you know passes over the middle to the tight end or the slot. But that's an unpredictable quarterback, and um, you know Virginia Tech you know, I think you know what you're going to get. Um, you know, they don't rank very high in offensive efficiency so far, um, but they have a strong defense. So I think the Mountaineers know what they're going to get. Um, they just got to make sure to, um, you know, put pressure on Grant Wells and maybe have him throw a pick or two.
0: Let's, let's talk a little bit about Grant Wells. So Grant Wells is a West Virginia native, obviously, for those of you who know uh, he transferred in from Marshall this year on the season he uh 65% passing 651 yards uh four touchdowns also four interceptions though so he he ha- he can turn the ball over um all four of those interceptions did come in their week 1 loss to Old Dominion um he's he's a guy that i feel like you could throw the card out there like, oh, he's going to want to have his revenge game. He uh, went out, obviously said West Virginia never really recruited him. I think that would have been Dana's staff, I assume, Um, back then, who would have been responsible for recruiting them. And let's be real, at the time, you had guys like freaking Will Greer in there. So I'm not sure how much recruiting of a quarterback that ended up at Marshall and then found his way to Virginia Tech and threw four picks against Old Dominion really would have fit into that offense. But that's either here nor there. Um, just kind of, there's a, I guess there's a way he would want to get back at his home state's state school, um, rivalry game. So that, that could be a factor, but it also could go against him, how he's going to might, might be trying to press, might try and do too much a little bit. So don't really know what you're getting from him. Obviously he did go out and say they never, West Virginia never recruited him. He used to, he grew up a fan of the team he said, but he's kind of put that in the rearview mirror and has not looked back since.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh You know, and with Dana's staff, I mean, I know they had Will Greer, but, like, Dana was not known for for going after the West Virginia, the in-state products. I mean, he wasn't he, – he let Doug Nestor go and it's kind of um, come full circle that he's back. And Darnell Wright, um, he's a five-star lineman who's at Tennessee. Dana didn't really recruit him that hard. Ryan Switzer, the list goes on and on. So, I don't think Grant Wells should be that offended. Um, but he's got talent. He showed that talent at Marshall in his freshman year. Um, last couple games of that freshman season kind of dropped off a little bit, but he's got talent. He can get out of the pocket if he needs to. But, um, you know, like we said, he can turn the ball over. I do think he's going to come out um, and play his best game of the season thus far. But I think he's going to be a little emotional. I'd like to think the Mountaineers can get a pick off of him. The secondary for WVU is what has been kind of shaky. They haven't intercepted anybody yet, I don't think um and so it'd be big for them if they got a late pick against them if Virginia Tech's trying to make a late run
0: in my opinion he's kind of like a not as talented kid on Slovis I just think that Wells doesn't have as much kind of outside speed as Slovis did you saw him rush a couple times against West Virginia when kind of things just collapsed in the pocket um but in three games, he, uh, he's he gone over 200 yards once, and that was last week against Wofford in Virginia Tech's 27-7 win uh, through two touchdowns, um, 35 uh, pass attempts, 26 uh, completions on that day. Uh, week before against Boston College, 16 for 25, only 140 yards and one touchdown. So kind of these numbers, you can see Virginia Tech doesn't want to put the ball in Wells' hands. They want to run the ball. They want to beat you on the ground and then make you adjust from there, which I think this defense is more than capable of doing. You saw against Pitt. They, they stopped Pitt for two yards of carry, and that's a pretty good Pitt team. Pretty good pretty good Pitt O-line, pretty, pretty good Pitt uh, backfield. Sorry, I'm putting pretty and Pitt together. Can't speak today. Um, but, yeah, I just think that you have an opportunity here against a Virginia Tech team and against a Virginia Tech offense that isn't the best offense you're going to face. I think um, – you got to take full advantage. And so if you're West Virginia, I think this team is pretty predictable as far as what they want to do and hopefully that plays to your advantage unlike a Kansas team which burned you because they were running the triple option every other play.
1: Uh-huh. And um, you know, if you're WV, I think you have a lot of confidence in that defensive line. Um they didn't really come out to play against Kansas, but other than Kansas, they've shown themselves a lot this year and you know, they got a lot of talent and experience. I think if you're West Virginia, you want to rely on that stop the run as best you can I know they're going to want I know Virginia Tech is going to want to run so I'm sure they'll break a couple but you know kind of keep it contained and and make Grant Wells beat you um not to say that he you know couldn't throw a couple of touchdowns against the Mountaineers maybe two or three um but I think you're going to want to put the ball in Grant Wells' hands especially late in the game you're not going to want uh, to get beat on the ground
0: yeah I agree with you I think it'll be a good test um you struggled against the run two weeks ago against Kansas. Come out, stop it, and give yourself a chance to win. Moving on to Virginia Tech's offense. Um, sorry, Virginia Tech's defense. Man, I'm off today. Um, they have a pretty good defense thus far, uh, statistically at least. I think that it's kind of – it's definitely a little skewed just because they haven't played as quality of opponents. They played Old Dominion. They played Boston College, and then they played uh, FCS Wofford. Um if you want to look at it, though, 16th in the country in points per game against at 12, uh, 12 basically 12 points per game, 15th in passing yards allowed, and then third in rush yards a game. So, statistically speaking, this game will be a challenge for the Mountaineers, for JT Daniels and company. I do think JT is going to be on his game. I just think that he's this offense has a lot of confidence. I think seeing kind of Caden Prather develop this past week and start to develop into a better football player all around, not just in the pass catching game, but run blocking, pass blocking even. I just think that he's another weapon, especially if the, if the, all the attention is on Bryce Ford. And then, uh, Virginia Tech head coach Brent Pry said this week in his press conference that he's really impressed with how Sam James has some serious vertical speed and he's a guy to watch as well. So, I think with that two-headed monster you got going with Tony Mathis, CJ Donaldson, hopefully you, got, you can make some things tougher with this Virginia Tech defense.
1: Yeah, the Hokie defense has been good thus far, but I really do have a lot of confidence in the Mountaineer offense. Um, you know, any, any offense that's led by JT Daniels, you know, he's a winner, um, he's a competitor, and he's really talented. Um, I, you know, I see a lot of talent on the Mountaineer offense, but not just like raw talent. Like JT Daniels, Sam James, Bryce Ford Wheaton – Tony Mathis, these guys are talented that have experience, that have Big 12 experience. Well, not really Big 12 experience for JT, but, you know, he's got Power 5 experience. There's some guys that are maybe a little bit more raw talent, you know, go down the line of the young receivers, Caden Prather, you know, Cortez Bram and those guys, C.J. Donaldson. But there's a lot of talent there's a lot of experience, a lot of experience in years on the O-line. So I'm not really as concerned about the Hokie defense. Um, You know, they played Boston College, Old Dominion, and Wofford. Um, So I think seeing a guy like JT Daniels who can really air the ball out, hit the intermediate game well, um, you know, I I think that's going to be tough for them. I think they're going to give up some points.
0: feels crazy to think that if I told you this time last year that if if West Virginia scored 30 points, under 30 points, that'd be underachieving. This time last year, I think you would think that is crazy. Uh, the transformation of this offense under Graham Harrell with JT Daniels has just been astonishing. I think you look and you have the playmakers there and I think the playmakers have been able to be elevated due to their quarterback play. And I think you see that not just with West Virginia, but you see that all across the board in the skin, the sport of football, when you gain skill at the quarterback position, it just makes everyone on that offense better. And I think, there was so much untapped potential with guys like Bryce Ford, with guys like Caden Prather and with guys like Sam James, that now that they have this new weapon, I guess, if you want to call it that and JT Daniels, they are striving. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if West Virginia also tries to start getting Michael Laughlin involved more, especially in the past game, because he's also a threat. So those four weapons, and you're not even then getting into your depth of Jeremiah Aaron, Cortez Braham, as you mentioned. So, there's depth on this offense, and it's really cool to see how successful they have been through three games. And let's not kid ourselves either. They've played two power five schools. It's not like they've had a cakewalk to get here. They've played two power five schools, one on the road in a big rivalry game, one at home where they had to, like, they couldn't not score in that game. Otherwise, they would have lost. And they knew that, and they went score for score with Kansas, as weird as that sounds. But Kansas is having a they are 3-0, and so let's not sleep on them. They did beat Houston for all the people on Twitter that said, oh, Dana wouldn't have lost this game. I thought that was funny how Dana was <laughs> lose. Worse than West Virginia lost. But that's neither here nor there. But, yeah, so if you're West Virginia, you have an offense that's clicking on all cylinders. Um, they're doing exactly what you need to do, and so I'm excited to see what they do Thursday night.
1: Yeah, I think that for the offense can give them a little bit of confidence that, hey, like, you know, even if the defense is off their game, I'm giving up a lot of points. Like you have a true signal caller in JT Daniels. You have depth. You have experience. You have talent. I think, you know, if you're on the offense, I think you got more um, confidence that, you know, if it's a shootout or, you know, games in the 30s and, you know, it's going pound for pound, um, that you got the confidence to go out there and win the game. I don't think, um i don't think the mountaineers had that last year or the year before you know if they're giving up if the defense is off their game giving up 35 or 40 they're pretty much out of the game especially last year you can think of the baylor road game last year i know the offense wasn't great but you know the defense was bad and they didn't even have a chance you know um and so those teams the last couple of years two or three years they'd have to win some of the you know uh grudge it out games kind of like a uh, 2020 covid year against baylor uh, winning like 21 20. I think this year's team and is that different. Game
0: went to overtime too.
1: It's yeah. Fun. Went into double overtime. You had to grind it out. Um so I think if there's a shootout, you know, if Oklahoma puts up 40 points, I don't think the game's going to be out of reach. Um even if the WVU defense plays bad. So I think this is a, a new year as far as the offense. Um and if they got to score points, I think they can.
0: And I think also if you want to just talk about let's let's talk about this week in the present. I don't think the way Virginia Tech runs their offense, they are equipped to go score for score with a spread-you-out offense, two-minute drives, let's get down the field, run, pace, run, hurry up, boom, 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 like West Virginia does. And so I think that's also another plus if you're West Virginia. Let's talk about Virginia Tech and the magnitude of this game as a whole. I feel like there's been a lot of big games that we've talked about for Neil Brown and for this team, but... In my opinion, this is the most important game of his career. Um, I wrote an article about this yesterday. It is up on bluegoldsports.com if you want to go check it out. But for Brown and company, he has not fared well in rivalry games. If let's let's think back, last year Maryland loses in the opener. Virginia Tech, he he almost lost that game. Uh, if it's not for a goal line stand there at the end, they lose that game. Or if it's not for Jared Bartley causing a fumble with seven minutes to play in the game, um, they might lose that game at home. And then, obviously, this year, couldn't get it done on the road against Pitt. So, for Brown, you now have an opportunity to go 2-0 against a team that is a rival with you. You now have an opportunity to go on the road and beat a Power 5 opponent, something you have done only five times and twice that team that you beat on the road was Kansas. So you have an opportunity to do something you haven't done, which is own a rivalry because this rivalry, it's not like they're playing it again next year. It's there, There's a long hiatus. I don't even think they're scheduled to play it again right now. So um, if you're Neil Brown, this is a must-win game. It gets you back to 500. And you and me talked about this, Aaron. Like, when we were back in August and we were sitting here talking about the season, we said if they're through four games and they're two and two, that's not the worst thing in the world. So you have an opportunity to be two and two, as ugly as the first couple of games were. Um, and then you and then you go to Austin, you face the backup quarterback there at Texas, and you have a little longer break to get ready for that game. And then you're if you somehow manage to win this week against Virginia Tech, you put up a fight against Austin, don't know what happens then. Then you come back home and you got Baylor at home on a night game. So there's a lot of positives to be drawn, but it obviously starts this week on Thursday night against Virginia Tech.
1: Yeah, this is a huge game for Neil Brown and his staff. I mean, he got a big win last year, gold rush. First time the rivalry had been played in multiple years. But that game almost was lost. It almost slipped through his hands. Um 20 point lead, almost lost it. If it wasn't for Jared Bartlett and Jackie Matthews, current Mississippi State Bulldog. Um, but yeah, this is a big, big time rivalry. For I know for um growing up in southern West Virginia, um, I've heard stories about how those type of West Virginians, those type of West Virginia natives value the Virginia Tech rivalry more than Pitt, um, just because Blacksburg is so close to areas like, you know, Princeton and, you know, the, the lower part of the state, you know, even Charleston's, um, I think, probably probably on the borderline. But um, it's a big time rivalry. If you go zero to in rivalries this year and start out one and three, I just I don't see how you cannot lose the fan base at that point if he hasn't lost them already um so you know like we were saying a couple of weeks ago a month ago if you're saying that two and two it's not the best but it's not the worst but you can't start one and three going into Austin, especially um with two two rivalry losses you should have won the one against Pitt you should have won the one against Maryland last year um so yeah you can't do that
0: yeah I think that everything you said is so true I think you can't be one and three and have two losses be in your rivalry games on the road and you just can't be one in three. Like, that's also the moral of the story. You can't be one in three heading into the rest of your conference schedule. That That's just not good. Um, there's really no other way to put that, I don't think. Looking back at this series history, last year, obviously, Mountaineers got the win, 27-21. 2017 was the last time these two teams played. That was on a Monday night at FedEx Field. Uh, that was Will Greer's first game in a Mountaineer uniform he battled all night long Mountaineers did lose though 31 24. um and then before that these teams have not really played since the early 2000s if you go back 2005 um in Morgantown Mountaineers lose 2004 in Blacksburg was the last time this game was at Virginia Tech and you lose 1913 but kind of going back to your point Aaron this is the only game West Virginia has that they get a trophy for so you have the trophy right now you want to you want to own the trophy so you want you want to keep that trophy in your possession you got to go out. You got to do that, and you got to do that against a rival at night in a hostile environment. It's going to be tough, but I think they do it.
1: Yeah, I do too. You want to keep that trophy? I mean, for the I saw for the uniform reveal, um, they had Doug Flex flexing the trophy. Obviously, West Virginia native, former Virginia Tech hockey. You know, you got to keep that tro- trophy in house. Um, you know, Virginia Tech had a little winning streak there. Oh four and oh five, they won, and then against Greer and seventeen. But um, you know, this this rivalry's had ups and downs. You know, the Mountaineers won. Um, at Lane Stadium in 0-2, uh, Grant Wiley, goal line stand, interception by Brian King and all that. And that was an upset. Um, the Hokies were like a top 15 team in the country. The next year in 0-3, WV pulled off another upset. Virginia Tech was top five. So this, this rivalry does have a lot of ups and downs, maybe not quite as much as the WVU-Pitt rivalry, um, but you can see the upset in this rivalry. And I think the Mountaineers, obviously they're not going to take Virginia Tech lightly, but um, they shouldn't take the fact that it's going to be, you know, a nice atmosphere there, it's going to be kind of hostile. um They can't take that for granted, um, you know, and I think they want to keep the trophy in-house. I mean, saw the bookstore yesterday. They're selling shirts that say Black Diamond Trophy Champions 2003. So, I mean, if they're selling those, I think you want a more recent one than that.
0: Yeah, it's <clears> – <throat> excuse me. There's, there's games you circle on your calendar, and despite this not being the backyard brawl, this not having the whole hoopla that that game did – um it's still a big game it's still a big time play uh Dante Stills he kind of said it best I think he was talking about this week about the atmosphere he said I don't think there's any noise that can really kind of imitate the noise that you're going to get there but he says it's going to be electric and he's ready for it but uh it's 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 something he wants to go against. And the Virginia Tech head coach, Brett Pry, he wants their fans there early. He urged his fans in his press conference to get there early, be ready to go, be ready to rock. And when Enter Sandman plays, that place will be jumping in. I'm sure some Mountaineers will be there jumping too. And I expect there to be Mountaineer fans. I don't think there's as large of a Mountaineer contingent that will be at Pitt for, for sure, though. But I do expect there to be probably about 10%, 15% Mountaineer fans there.
1: Yeah, I'd hope so. Um, I think in our, a couple of podcasts ago, I think I mentioned that um, I feel like it'll be a little bit like last year with Mountaineer field um, you know Mountaineers will have their little nook of uh, you know the tickets that went on sale through the university um, but I do think there'll be WV fans that go to the secondary market and get some tickets um, but I just don't think it's going to be anything like the game at Accrashire at, um, Stadium where you know basically all the upper upper bowl of Heinz Field or whatever you want to call it was uh, on the secondary market. So a lot of WV fans swooped us up. Um, I I still think it's going to be a lot of hokey fans. Um, WV fans will have their nook and they'll have a little bit sprinkled in there. Um, But hopefully it'll be enough to, um, you know, get a little momentum going I think last year, last year I was on the field for that Virginia Tech game and I saw a lot of, not a lot, but I saw Virginia Tech fans just kind of scattered, even near the student section. So um, hopefully that doesn't get dangerous or anything, but I don't think it's a, um the kind of rivalry like W Pit where fights would break out.
0: Yeah, West Virginia, they do have students going on buses. I know. Um, I think they're sending hundred students are going. And then obviously there's a lot of people in the southern part of the state, as you mentioned, that do have easier access to Blacksburg. And so I would expect to see some Mountaineer faithful there. And let's be real, if they showed up for 50,000 people this past Saturday for an 0-2 team against an FCS opponent at one o'clock in the afternoon. I expect there to be some people there for this kind of rivalry. I feel like it's the game you get tickets for well in advance. Some people have had those tickets. Despite a one-and-two start, I still expect Mountaineer fans there.
1: I think so, too. I mean, this game, this rivalry hasn't been played in, in Blacksburg since 2004, since the Rashid Marshall days. Um, So it's been a long time coming. I think they're going to – I think Mountaineer fans want to be in that atmosphere. The inner Sandman, the, you know, kind of southern part of the state rivalry with Virginia Tech, it goes back a while and, you know, Playing one game at FedEx Field and then you know playing last year in Morgantown, I think it I think it's a good a good road trip. Um, you know, southern part of West Virginia, they don't have great access to like to to a Maryland road trip like last year. Um, that's a good healthy drive. And obviously nothing's drivable in the Big Twelve Conference. So I think Mountaineer fans should take advantage of this.
0: You got anything else on tech or you want to get two picks for this week?
1: Oh, we'll get into picks. I'm not so, not as so, confident about Virginia. So, on the season, you
0: are nine and three. I am seven and five. I do have some ground to make up, but it is only week four. So, here we go. Four games this week. Let's start out of conference. Um, ACC matchup Clemson, Wake Forest in Wake. Uh, could get interesting. You go first.
1: I'm going to go Wake. Uh, I have no idea why, um, but. Um, They've been good over the last two years, and um, I'm not I'm not too confident in Clemson starter or DJ. I don't even know I how to say DJ it. Not, anyway. DJ yeah, DJU. Uh, I'm not too confident in him. In him, it's at Wake. I'll go Demon Deacons.
0: Yeah, it's at Wake. Wake got their quarterback back. I'm not forget his name off the top of my head. Um Same. Something. It's we we you know who he is, and so do I. I just forget his name. I'm gonna go Clemson. Um, I just got to make up win somewhere, so I'm gonna play. Sam Hartman, yeah, Sam Hartman. He was so he was hurt and he or he was sick or something, and he finally got medically cleared. I think he had something wrong with his heart, and he got medically cleared, and he put up a show against Bandy. And this week offense is scary with him at the helm. But I'm gonna take Clemson. Got to make up win somehow. Florida-Tennessee, I'll go first. It's in Tennessee. Florida lost to Kentucky. I think that is a hard place to play. I'm gonna take Tennessee at home.
1: Hmm. I don't know. I, let's go Florida. I don't know. Uh, I like their quarterback, but yeah, they did just with at home to Kentucky. I know nothing about Tennessee, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Florida. All I know I, is I might regret that.
0: All I know is Tennessee beat Pitt. Um, Arkansas A and M in Jerry World in Dallas. A got the win they desperately needed last week. Arkansas is a good team. SEC battle, big time stage, 7 p.m. Eastern kick. I'm hesitant to go with the Aggies, but I just think I will. I just think they have serious talent and they got something to prove still. So, I'm going to go with Texas A&M.
1: I'm going to go A&M. They, their recruiting class is ridiculous. I know some people doubt them, but I think Jimbo Fisher is a good coach. And um, I just don't – I'm not sold on Arkansas yet. They're top ten. I don't know if they deserve that. I know they're good, but I'm not sold on them yet.
0: And then lastly, our game, West Virginia, Virginia Tech. Um I've got the Mountaineers here. I've got them winning 34-21. to 21. I think this West Virginia offense seriously caused some problems for uh, Virginia Tech's defense. I really don't think it should be close for the majority of this game. I think the Mountaineers pull out early on offense, get a couple stops here, and they should be rolling. Um, rivalry games could be close, especially on the road, though, but I think, I think West Virginia has complete control start to finish, and they win this game 34-21.
1: Yeah, so I got the same point total for the Mountaineers, but I got it even closer. I got thirty-four twenty eight. Um, I know analytically and what we've said the W you know W should should pull out early um and they should, you know, make it their game. But I've watched too many Mountaineer games in my life, especially rivalry games, especially road games. Um, I see the Mountaineers being up thirteen late, maybe Grant Wilson on a touchdown. Um, but I think the Mountaineers hold on by a, a touchdown.
0: Yep. And that is, that's going to be that. So not the longest podcast today, though. If you did make this far, we appreciate you listening. Be sure to subscribe to us if you are watching on YouTube or give us a follow on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We will come to you to be determined following Virginia Tech depending on Aaron, how you're doing. And I'm going down Charleston this weekend. So we will figure something out. In the meantime, thank you for listening. I'm Wesley Shoemaker, joined by the one and only Aaron Parker. And this is the Blue Gold Sports Podcast.